Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour. We know it's been a couple of weeks, but COVID got us. Got both of us, actually. I'm your host, LJ Harrell. I'm joining me, as always, is my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you, your girlfriend, your son, everybody's doing what, doing well after the last couple of weeks. I know it's been a, it's been a strain on you guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. Now, let me tell you, 10 days of isolation with a toddler. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend it. Would not recommend it. But uh, yeah, first week at daycare and he was exposed immediately. And then, of course, it just ran through the house. And here we are. I'm finally back, you know, finally get to record. I'm just so happy to be doing podcasts again. I couldn't do my fantasy football one and then I couldn't do hours. And now but now I'm back. I'm running on all cylinders. I'm writing again. So I'm I'm excited, man. But yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely not something to mess with. But uh, good to be back and and. Now we're just going to kick full on into this off-season work. We got we got episodes planned, and I'm hoping to line some guests up. But uh, there's a lot going on, and yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're in the midst of the NFL Combine. A couple of guys putting up big numbers. Jordan Davis at 341 pounds running a 478 is ridiculous. Like, that that's crazy how, how quick he is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, I, I sit here and imagine, before we get into what we're going to talk about, I sit here and imagine – adding two or three of those Georgia guys onto this defense. And while, like, if you get into Kobe Dean uh, and, and say a Jordan Davis, like, while Jordan Davis may not start right away, depending on what, like, if the Eagles weren't, were to keep Fletcher and, and Hargrave, he's going to learn from two guys, two vets, and then next year, can you imagine within a, the next two or three years, him and Milton Williams being the starters at defensive tackle or, or a Jordan Davis and a Milton Williams being a, mm-hmm. the starters at defensive tackle. It just has me create like just salivating over what this defense could potentially come. Uh, but, and I know we are going to be talking defense today, but before we get there, let's shout out our partners over at the fight Philly fight network. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to them. I mean, it's been a little quiet, but as you know, this is a time of year where things quiet down a little. Then once the combine passes, free agency hits on March 16th, I believe. So we're 10 days out from that. And then things are going to really pick up and we're going to definitely be doing a lot more writing, less speculation and more just writing about the impacts that hopefully some free agents, some new names coming to the coming to town will have as an impact on our roster and stuff. So less speculation and more of hammering home what you really want to know about what the Eagles roster is going to shape up to look like. But check them out at FPF Network on Twitter, fightphillyfightnetwork.com. As always, um, you can find the written content. You can find the podcasts. You can find it all. So go and check them out. And a big shout out to all of them there. Uh, working hard and, and getting ready for a fun and exciting offseason. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and as you as you mentioned, 10 days away from the start of free agency, eight days away from when they can actually start talking and, mm-hmm. you know, ne- negotiating, even though we already know that there's a lot of talking and negotiating going on right now, because uh, that, that's how it is. And with, with what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers situation, you know, a lot of teams are wait, sitting there waiting to see what he decides. If he goes back to Green Bay, then Green Bay. You know, or then like say Denver, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, they all have to go and, and figure out what what else they want to do. But if Aaron Rodgers decides that he wants out of Green Bay and and you you know, then Green Bay is gonna have to go and get the best deal for it. So while officially free agency opens up in the next week, week and a half, it's already underway. Let's be real. Like <laughs> it, there, there's talking everywhere. You know, how there's no way Howie Rosenman's not talking to whether it's, you know, the Texans about 
Deshaun Watson or, you know, or whatnot. Every GM, if, if they're not, if they're doing their job properly, they're, they're at the combine right now. They're talking to each other. And 100%. No, and nobody needs to know. All right. So we are going to dis- dissect the Eagles defense this year or from this past year and maybe some moves, potential moves that we see coming about as free agency kicks off in the next week and a half. Um, Jonathan Gannon is back. And as Howie Roseman said at the combine last week, he, the Eagles are renting, quote unquote, renting um, Jonathan Gannon because there's, talk, you know, there, he had a couple of interviews this year, was a finalist, one of the finalists for the Texans job. And they believe that he'll be a, you know, he'll, he'll get calls again next year when um, head coaching jobs open up for the 2022 or 2023 season. So the big thing is going to be, will the Eagles give Jonathan Gannon what he, what he needs? We saw that Eagles defense against good, good quarterbacks, the Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert. They were awful. They were terrible. They gave up like a 70% completion percentage to these good quarterbacks down the stretch when they were going up against the Teddy Bridgewaters, the Sam Darnolds, the Zach Wilson's, um, you know, the Taylor Heineke's of the world, the Eagles defense did good. I do not want to over, I, I am not looking to overblow what the Eagles defense was able to do down the stretch to get to the playoffs because they were playing a bunch of crappy quarterbacks. And that's what it comes down to. When they played good quarterbacks, they sucked. They were terrible. It was awful. But when they played a bad quarterback, they looked competent. They made plays. They got turnovers. They were able to get after the quarterback. That has to change because the Eagles schedule this upcoming year. It's a second place schedule. It's going to be a lot tougher. You're going to be seeing the top, you know, these top quarterbacks again. And if the Eagles aren't able to, excuse me, if the Eagles aren't able to to force these good quarterbacks into into turning the ball over, and if Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback, it would help him in the offense extremely if you can give them a short field. Nothing's going to change. And I, again, I'm coming into this season with hesitation for Gannon. I know, Connor, that you see it from Gannon. He obviously didn't have a lot of the pieces, but I'm still of the – he never he didn't make adjustments. He was terrible against good quarterbacks. I need to see a change before I can buy fully in to this second year of Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, listen, and I completely agree. I completely understand why there's so much skepticism around him. He He was so slow to make adjustments. When he made adjustments, things started to look a lot better. But then it was just back to the same old song and dance every single week, even though we were way better as a single high safety team. He chose to go back to the two high safety look constantly. Then he would change too late in their game. And like it. I see why, like, he's a good leader. People respect the guy, especially in the Eagles locker room. You wouldn't be able to tell by Eagles Twitter. You wouldn't be able to tell from maybe some of the analysis from some of the guys um, in the media. But, like, he's he's liked. He's respected. There's something about him clearly around the league where people love him for what he's going to bring as, you know, a vision for the future, as a leader for the future, and, and as a guy who can take a team somewhere. And obviously... They understand he's a rental. I don't know how long of a rental because obviously we see the move towards more offensive-minded coaches year in and year out get in those jobs. So it's tough to picture where Jonathan Gannon's going to fit into the mold and and how he's going to get to that 
that head coaching position, but I'm sure at some point he'll get there. He had interviews, like you said. He interviewed with Denver. They really liked him. He interviewed with Houston. They really liked him. They took him all the way to the end. Um, and But, like, I, the personnel definitely wasn't there. But it's not like he worked with the personnel. It felt like Jim Schwartz again. It's not like he tried to make the personnel fit and make them work. Obviously, you knew the linebacker position was an incredible weakness. No matter what you did, there was going to be issues. But you saw them start to transition to Davian Taylor more instead of Alex Singleton as the season wore on. Then Davian Taylor got hurt. But we were seeing some things we liked. Then... At the safety position, obviously, you know, Harris didn't work out like we hoped. We thought we'd be getting a bargain in him. We didn't really get the bargain we expected. He did okay. Rodney McLeod is Rodney McLeod. He's that veteran presence. He he does his job, but he's not like a number one safety or number two. He's more of a rotational guy. Marcus Epps, he started stepping up. He started looking pretty good for us as the season wore on. I still am of the belief he's more of a rotational safety as well. There's major needs there. And then, of course, you talk about the edge position. Derek Barnett, more penalties than he had sacks. He's obviously, he's obviously out the door. They're, they're, there's already reports that they don't plan to re-sign him. So, and the issue of they couldn't get after the quarterback. Javon Hargrave did an incredible job. Josh Sweat had like two or three games where he stood out, stood out for us, but never was there consistency at getting to the quarterback. There was just so much from a personnel the side of things that just weren't working out for him. And I feel that that was the biggest thing to why his scheme didn't work. But let's but let's be real. It's not like he wasn't doing the Jim Schwartz approach of shoving a a circle peg into a square hole. I'm. It's funny you bring up Jim Schwartz because I was clamoring for bringing Jim. I would have much rather had Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator than Jonathan Gannon, and I kind of still feel that way about last year's team. Obviously, with improved personnel, things could things could change. So we'll, we'll see what happens in terms of the draft and free agency and what the Eagles decide to do. Let's start up front with the, with the Eagles defense, the, the defensive line. You mentioned Derek Barnett. He's most likely probably not coming back. Um, Josh Wett starting on one side. Brandon Graham is coming off of an Achilles injury. The Eagles were second to, I believe they were 31st in the league in sacks. I think they had 29 sacks. That, that should not happen with the Eagles defense. And at least with Jim Schwartz, they got after the quarterback. And they were able to get after, and they were able to to get sacks and be in the top half of the, half of the league in sacks and and, and getting after uh, getting after it. And that's the one thing we didn't see with Jonathan Gannon. He just wasn't able to get pressure. Stuck with the front four. Didn't want to blitz. And while I know um, <clears throat> Schwartz didn't blitz, but at least he brought it every once in a while. It just felt, felt like Jonathan Gannon didn't want to at all because he didn't want to get beat over the top. And instead of getting beat by you know. For, for a touchdown in two or three plays, it was dying a slow death because they would give up like 11-play touchdown drives, 12-play touchdown drives, and still not able, still not be able to get off the field. Um, so when it comes to this front four, look, Fletcher Cox most likely is probably going to be back. It's going to be tough to trade his contract. Javon Hargrave definitely back at defensive tackle. Milton Williams definitely back. He had a great, I think a really good rookie year. Um, <clears throat> beyond that, they need depth. Um, I, I, we know that they have... Um, you know, like Hassan Ridgeway and and Raquan Williams and whatnot, but like I want better depth. So Jordan Davis potentially, you know, seeing that guy run a four seven eight at three hundred and forty one pounds was ridiculous. He's like I would not want to be in front of him. Granted, the one thing not to change subjects, the one thing I never understood why offensive linemen and defensive linemen are running the forty yard dash. It makes zero sense to me. 
his like in all the years that I played football, I was never running at a full sprint 40 yards as an offensive lineman. So like, why? Why would it? So again, Liz, I think there's way too much value on the 40 anyways, because how often are you watching wide receivers and running backs run straight line, never cutting, never yeah. changing direction? It gives you an idea. But I find there's so much more that you see. If you trust the tape, if you watch the tape, you understand the tape. The combine should not be if you had this guy ranked at 10, the combine shouldn't make you rank this guy like 10th at the position. It shouldn't change it from 10 to 1. Because I, I, so of how he did, but that's just my thoughts. Anything, but they shouldn't. They should get rid of the combine. And I think, like you said, it should be about the tape and and pro days. Like the tape is going to tell you more about how they play during during football speed than actually in like these tight underwear t- things that they wear and whatnot. Like that doesn't tell you anything of how they're going to perform on the football field. Um, so that like so, I, if it were up to me, if I was the, the commissioner, I would mm-hmm. do away with the combine. It'll never happen because it still brings in money and a lot of people still watch it, but it's pointless. Like the combine, like you just said, it's not really going to change much. We all knew that, um, you know, Evan Neal was good. Or we, that, that was going to be a top two, probably top three pick, if not the top pick in the draft by, by Jacksonville. You know, we all knew Kyle Hamilton. He, he was going to measure good and he was going to run well. Like we all knew that these guys that, because we watched college football and we see the tape that they were going to perform at a high level and right now, and, and the, the combine's not going to change much of that. Like sitting here and, and like Trey Burke from the, the, the wide receiver from um, Arizona or excuse me, Arkansas. Um, like we all knew like he was good. His numbers like kind of just showed like, yeah, he, he's good. We knew this is what he was going to do. And I don't think you needed the combine to see that. Um, so I, I, I do agree with you. Like you, you shouldn't take too much stock into the combine, but I mean, I guess it is kind of funny when you see guys, when you see these huge offensive linemen running in the four sevens, and then you see some quarterbacks running in like the four eights and it's like, holy hell. Um, but going back to the, to the Eagles defensive line, when Brandon Graham went down and we said this multiple times throughout the year, when Brandon Graham hurt his Achilles and went out that the, the defensive end position really, really struggled. They weren't able to get after the quarterback except a couple of games from Josh Sweat. You mentioned Derek Burnett in his career, more penalties than sacks. Something has – they have to go out and get get somebody to be able to get after the quarterback. We know there's going to be names out there, free agency, that potentially could get uh, franchised or be available. Um, you know, like the Chandler Jones. We, he's more of like an outside linebacker in a 3-4, but he can rush the passer as a defensive end in a 4-3. He should be available. Harold Landry potentially should be available, but might get franchised by the Titans. So, like, there are going to be names available, and the Eagles are going to have to improve that defensive end position because if you remember, let's go back to 2017. What did the Eagles have? A lot of depth on that defensive line. They rolled eight, nine, ten guys sometimes. And, like, Fletcher Cox didn't have to play 80% of the snaps. He was down to, like, 60-something percent, and he was always fresh and come Super Bowl while they didn't get after him. You know, he was able at the end, they were able to finally get after Tom Brady because they weren't tired and they they were able because they were able to rotate. They they kept within the game and getting after the quarterback when they needed to. So that's what the Eagles are going to have to do this offseason, whether it's in the draft, whether it's free agency, build the depth on that offensive line or defensive line. Excuse me. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you saw it like you had to always they were always prepared. They always had bodies and they they like the ability like gone are the days on the defensive line where you probably will play 90, 95 percent of snaps. Like, I understand there's going to still be some people out there. The defensive tackles likely more than the edges. But you want that fresh body that's always bringing pressure, that's always wreaking havoc. And and you know the offensive linemen are out there almost 100% of the time unless they get injured. So you know that if you're in the midst, if they're in the midst of a long offensive drive or there's a lot of pressure uh, getting after the quarterback and you got fresh legs and fresh bodies going out there, that's huge. That is mo- monumental to to be able to always have those offensive linemen on their heels and and just almost incapable of of stopping you and always creating hurries, quarterback knockdowns. Obviously, we want to see more sacks. It goes without saying we need more sacks. We want to see more sacks. Um, but I mean, when I was looking at diving into some of these stats, I mean, you look at hurries. We rank top ten in hurries, like. There was this gener. They were generating things. They were getting after the quarterback. They were pushing him out of the pocket, but they just weren't turning those pressures and those hurries into sacks. And that's what really needed to happen. I mean, our hurry rate ranked top ten, but our pressures ranked outside of the top sixteen. Our sacks, like you said, were second last in the NFL. The only team behind us was the Atlanta Falcons, and they were less than twenty sacks on the season. And then there's us. Like, that's embarrassing. That's not something that you want to see. And, I mean, there, there's definitely some work to be done. I mean, I know, you know, Howie really likes to to build that homegrown talent at the edge position. It seems like he's big on that. So I feel like we'll be looking more at through the draft that he might address the edge position. But, I mean, the Eagles have been linked with Harold Landry as the main name among the edges. But edges are getting paid a lot. Like, look at the projections for... Derek Barnett's contract. He's projected to go for over $10 million. That's absurd. I wouldn't touch that guy with a 10-foot pole for anything. I'd probably go around five or six. That's it. That's it. I, it. Because what has he done? What has he produced? He's a rotational guy. He's your third defensive end out of the, like, he's like, to me, he's comparable to, like, Hassan Ridgeway of the Eagles. He's that third body that you rotate in and out between Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox inside. You better have two really good edges and be certain of them if you're going to bring Derek Barnett in because Derek Barnett is certainly not your number one edge. And Josh Sweat's got proved more too. I mean, without saying next season, he, I mean, he's got to, he's got to step it up. I understand later in the season, he ran into those health issues and stuff, which is very scary. And who knows how much that played into some other weeks throughout the season. But Josh Sweat got paid. Josh Sweat is clearly the number one. He's going to have a new body across from him, whether that be through the draft, which would be make him the de facto number one edge if we went through the draft to get an edge. But say Harold Landry comes in, he may not be the number one edge, but he still has to play incredibly well. We've seen the importance of the number one and the number two guy creating pressure and generating pressure. And Brandon Graham being back will be huge. Sure, he may play 30, 40, 50% of snaps, and that's it. Likely more in the 30 to 40 ballpark, but that's it. That is such an important rotational piece that Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat missed immensely last season, and we spoke to that so many times. Um, Honestly, I think there's bigger needs that can be addressed through free agency that they 
may not have to spend an arm and a leg for. I don't know if I would be rushing too quickly to the edge position in the free agency. I'd probably be more focused on doing that through the draft. They might bring in a rotational piece, like maybe try and get another, take another shot at a Ryan Kerrigan-like player. Maybe, hopefully younger, hopefully more productive, and throw a bit more money at the guy and make him your rotational third piece, or fourth piece behind Brandon Graham. But I think I, I would be shocked not to see them go edge in the draft multiple times. Yeah, if if they keep the three first round picks, which I still don't think is happening, I'm and, and kind of as a uh, spoiler about how, what I think is going to happen, I think the Eagles are going to trade up into the top ten. Um, and I don't know who who it'll be for, whether it's for a corner, whether if if an end drops, uh, like say Thibodeau drops or something, um, or, or <coughs> excuse me, or, or if like say Kyle Hamilton drops. Um, which I don't see happening, but like I, I, I would not be shocked if the Eagles traded into the top ten. But I don't foresee them taking three first-round picks, even if they kept two of the three and traded one in uh, for a team looking for, say, a quarterback, um, you know, a 15 or 16, just to get ahead of the Steelers or ahead of the Saints or something. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Then, you know, get a first-round pick for next year, and again, that's how we in person, you know, preservation mode, preservation mode for next year to have a couple of first-round picks. If Hurts doesn't pan out, if that's who the quarterback's going to be, then then that's what might happen. Um, but you're right, they, they should. And I'm and just thinking, like, off the top of my head, I don't think there's going to be – the, the, the free agency market for defensive ends, I don't think it's going to be that great this year. Like you said, Harold Landry, uh, Chandler Jones potentially. Beyond that, <clears throat> not 100% sure. So they probably they, – they, and like you mentioned, Howie – is of that that Eagles, you know, Joe Banner, Andy Reid, um, plot of we're gonna build from within. So they're gonna draft offensive linemen, draft defensive linemen, and allow them to to build and be the the cornerstones of, of the team in the future. Um, so that's what we that's what we think is gonna happen with the the, the defensive line. Let's move. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to, I just want to, before we move on, there are a, a couple <clears throat> names, obviously, just to kind of show the look of the market. You got, um, you got Jason Pierre-Paul, you got Akeem <clears throat> Hicks, you got Jerry Hughes, you got Jadavian Clowney, Emmanuel Ogba is very interesting, Hassan Riddick's super interesting, but that man is going to get a massive payday, yes, and I is. just don't think how he's going to be able to be in that market. <laughs> um, the... Dante Fowler, I mean, if you really believe, but I mean, you're talking about a lot of guys who are 29 plus years old at the position, and that's Mm -hmm. just not something that Howie should be looking at unless they kind of get through free agency and don't get what they want. You know, a la Steven Nelson this past year, they don't get what they want and you're able to slide in there and get a bit of a deal on somebody, kind of like he tested with um, Anthony Harris Steven Nelson and stuff, give them the prove it deals loaded with incentives, keep it cheap on the uh, on your salary cap. Maybe that could happen later on, but I mean, it's not an amazing class overall. Like there's Solomon Thomas. There's some names, <clears throat> but I think he'd be better off to go to the draft and to do what he can with the draft. Um and moving up if if uh, if a big edge name drops would be definitely would be a good idea. But how he likes to home grow the talent way too much that I just don't think you'll see him go out there and throw fifteen, sixteen million dollars at a number one edge in free agency. Yeah, so keep eyes out in the draft, David Ajabo. Um mm-hmm. 
Um, Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Uh, the George, uh, what's his name? The I first, know the big Bickety from Penn State was another I, name linked as to a us. first rounder. As a first rounder, he was mocked there a few times, yeah, but I'm so. not. I I think that's just a sign of how desperate the class might be, like the, the edge class might be that Purdue, people really need Purdue edge. Guy, George Karlaftis, yep. Yeah, like so th- there are names, and like I mentioned, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be top a top three pick. It's not the second overall pick to, to the Lions. So, like, that's the type of guy you think you would see. So, we'll see. But the Eagles are definitely going to draft it, draft one or multiple defensive linemen this year. So, let's move to the weakness of the team, and that's the linebacker position. Um, Alex Singleton. Well, okay, hold up, hold up. Can we talk tackle just to link the the uh, uh, the defensive line together before we move into the linebacker position? Oh, I thought we did, but go ahead. I, I don't I don't think tackles actually a major need like listen I understand that that you know Javon Hargrave he's a lock Milton Williams is definitely a lock at number three and push him for Fletcher Cox's job um Fletcher Cox I think will remain an eagle I think he'll be around there's so much money wrapped up in him that I just don't see a team like Howie being able to really work a deal out where they eat the cap and the you know the situation really works well for them um Otherwise, like they signed Randall Wren a couple weeks ago, which whatever. I mean, I looked at that name as a late round guy a couple years ago when he was drafted. The signings of whatever, you know, they're just looking for depth. But I don't think the tackle position is going to be addressed very much. You might see him sneak in and grab some late round tackles again because, I mean, you got Marvin Wilson on roster. You got Randall Wren on roster. You got Marlon Tupolito, who's on roster. Um, and then Hassan Ridgeway is a free agent, of course. So, I mean, I think you're going to see that big three continue to be a big three, and there might be a battle there to be that to lock down that fourth tackle position. But I think the needs are far bigger elsewhere. That unless Fletcher Cox goes out of the picture, tackle's not going to be addressed. Oh, yeah, I agree. And the only way would be Jordan Davis. I think Jordan Davis is the only one that would be of consideration to to be drafted high and to come in and uh, again you would want your first typically you want your first round pick to be a starter and he wouldn't start um and right because of hargrave and because of cox Um, but but we'll see like you said it'll be like a later round thing in which the eagles look to to get the depth of the the defensive tackle position all right so let now let's move to the weakness of the defense and of the team the 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 uh linebacker position alex singleton he's a special teamer he shouldn't be starting Davion Taylor showed signs before his injury. Uh, TJ Edwards, really, really good. Probably the only lock, I think, to, to be a starter for the for the Eagles at the linebacker position. <clears throat> um, we all saw we all thought Eric Wilson was going to be the guy that came in and and was going to be a stud, and he was not. He got cut uh, what within five six weeks of the, of the season starting, so he was useless. The Eagles definitely need, <clears throat> excuse me, to make moves at the linebacker position, whether it's in free agency, whether it's in the draft. And the draft is, I think, where they should do it. Now, we know that the Eagles haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since 1979. Um, but the Kobe Dean, Devin Lloyd, uh, there are some linebackers in this draft that the Eagles have to take an eye on. Christian Harris, who I saw run the combine the other day, he, geez, he's, he, he's a sideline to sideline guy. Um, the Kobe Dean, a sideline to sideline guy. This is the type of guys that, that Jonathan Gannon needs to to have more success in his defense. And the Eagles need to improve that position. They cannot. 
you can only like not prioritize the position for so long. Andy Reid didn't prioritize the wide receiver position for his first five years here. Finally got T.O. and the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. They have to find a way to get to, to get linebackers because you keep bringing in spare parts and guys that are on the, the you know, on, on the, the streets and your defense is still not going to improve. Have to have that middle needs to be solidified and they're going to have to start this year. It's going to have to start in whether it's free agency, like I mentioned, whether it's in the draft, the Kobe Dean, Devin Lloyd, Christian Harris, like there are some guys that can make plays and they're going to have to do that as soon as possible. And they better do it this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ed Cracks had that, <laughs> had that report that they've been doing a ton of homework on this class. And I would not be surprised to see them hit it multiple times in the draft and at least once, at least once in free agency. I mean, even if you wait it out and you try and do a similar thing uh, as you did last year, um, where you just kind of grab a shot in the dark and say, who knows if he works out, he works out. But I mean, at this point, it, to not hit the linebacker position high and often, like maybe three, four times between the draft and free agency, you would be doing your team an absolute injustice at this point because you have avoided the position for far too long. Safety and linebacker are very key parts of the scheme that Jonathan Gannon is running and the ability to be able to trust them to cover that specific portion of the field, whether it be in coverage, whether that be in run defense, whether that be a spy um, they need to be able to trust these people. And the only one you can trust is TJ Edwards. Alex Singleton, heat seeking missile. Listen, I love the guy for his ability to tackle, but for every 10 tackles you get, you get at least one and a half missed. So, like, yes, you get the tackles. Yes, he's a great guy. I, I, Alex Singleton should be on the team as a backup. He did some good things in special teams as well. He should absolutely be on the team as a backup. But he definitely is not a starter, and it showed when they brought Davion Taylor into the picture as the season rolled on and cut back Alex Singleton's time on the defensive side of the ball. Um, obviously, we're linked to like Devondre Campbell is a name that that has been uh, rumored in some reports. Um, there's there's a lot of different names. There's so many. This is a decent linebacker class from from the draft and from the free agent perspective. So. Like I said, how we would be doing an injustice not to hit this position three or four times. Make this the position. You can't miss on this position again. Like, you can't. You've now watched an offense where, you know, it probably would have helped Jim Schwartz's offense, defense a lot to have a good linebacker, too. He never got it. Now we're seeing he's ready and willing to support Jonathan Gannon, but the biggest support has to come with he has a Mike linebacker that he can throw in the middle linebacker. Sorry, Mike linebacker, usually the guy with the green dot on the helmet there that does the play calling and stuff. He needs to get one that can go out day one. No matter, no ifs, ands, or buts. Has to go out day one and be your Mike linebacker. Be that one you can trust to do it all. And then hit on it some more. Hit on it some more. Get some more. You, TJ Edwards, I, I posted the other day when the Devondre Campbell rumors kind of emerged, and I said, TJ Edwards is the only lock. And you can really probably, to me, TJ Edwards probably fits better on the strong side. I mean, he can be a guy who can bring the pressure. He makes the tackles. You know, he's probably good there. He, he's okay in coverage. He can handle his own. 
But you basically have the Mike and the Will wide open. And there is no, I understand that the Eagles like Davion Taylor. I know they think he's very athletic. His coverage isn't great yet. And obviously, you know, he, he was kind of raw from a talent perspective. So that's unsurprising. But to me, that shouldn't stop you from hitting that position three or four times. Minimum three or four yeah, times. Yeah, I think, I think a, name, a name to watch out, another name to watch is uh, Anthony Barr coming from Minnesota. And we know that mm-hmm. Gannon kind of has that or has the, the Minnesota type of, you know, working since he worked there for, for a couple of years. So that's another name to watch out in free agency. Anthony Barr would look nice in Eagles green. But if, if again, if, if they're keeping all three of these picks in the first round, one of them has to be a linebacker has to be a linebacker. You have to be able to improve this defense. And with the, the, the assets you have in the draft, build the defense, like if, how he loves homegrown guys, build the defense um, where you can, like we know that they have money in free agency where they, that they can kind of bring, bring guys in to kind of finish it off, but keep bringing in young, talented guys. Um, you know, that, that you know, a couple of years ago, I was all for maybe a Patrick Queen coming in here, but obviously that didn't happen. Uh, or, or even a Kenneth Murray, like Devin Lloyd, the Kobe Dean, Christian Harris. Again, you're going to hear those names a lot from me because they're, they're, they have the potential to be there 15, 16, 19, and they can definitely make a world of difference for Jonathan Gannon and this defense. 100 percent i couldn't agree more and like looking at the defend like you can definitely plug in some some linebacker names in free agency but not none of these guys are gonna guarantee you like starting like you would get from a devin loiter and a kobe dean who can go out there and will probably play you 95 percent of snaps easy and can work in coverage they can work downhill they can blitz if you want they can do it all whereas you've already seen a lot of these these guys in free agency and you know that they're not the all around there isn't really necessarily that all around linebacker who can do it all that's why you kind of he really has to hit it and get it right this time around and like i said if it is not a position that is hit probably the most of any other position through free agents and through the draft i will be so disappointed in howie unless he nails it like two guys slam dunk out of the ballpark going in starting day one like day two i see chad muma i love chad muma out of wyoming i think he's a great day two guy i don't think i'd plug him in as my mike linebacker and my day one starter i'd rather you know see devin lloyd and chad muma side by side than chad muma and that be your addressing of the linebacker position um so hopefully it gets addressed we talk about this like at nauseum throughout the offseason and then we do it in season because he continues to not address it in the offseason so it'd be nice to be able to praise Howie for hitting a position that he feels has no value and clearly Jim Schwartz proved it Jonathan Gannon has proven it it is a vital of vital importance in a cover two defense be prepared to be mad (laughs) all right so let's move to the last the, the back end of the secondary the cornerbacks and or the back end of the defense, excuse me, the cornerbacks and the safeties. Let's start with corners. We know Darius Slay is going to be back. Darius Slay had a really, really good season last year, pro bowler, um, <coughs> excuse me, pro bowl season for the Eagles. Steven Nelson's a free agent. Uh, Vontae Maddox is back. He's a really good slot corner for them. They need a second. They need a CD too. And in this draft, again, Sauce Gardner, uh, Andrew Booth, uh, Will McDuffie, 
there are guys, um, Derek Stingley, there are a bunch of names and guys that could come in and, and fill a need for, for the Eagles as, as, as the second corner. The question will be, how much do they invest in, in a cornerback? Do they trade up if Derek Stingley is starting to drop and he gets close to 10? Do the Eagles trade up? You know, do they trade two of their picks to the Jets at 10 and go for Derek Stingley? You put him, pair him with Darius Slay, and then, you know, with Darius Slay goes and Eagles go their separate way in two or three years, Derek Stingley is there and he's the number one corner for this team. That that's that's the most intriguing for me because they really need to hit on this second corner. Steve Nelson last year wasn't he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. <laughs> like he just he did his job. He didn't get beat a lot. Um, yes, he played 10, 15 yards off, and it was frustrating, but that, that, I think, was more of the scheme than him. But the Eagles – but Steve Nelson still was, the, you know, was a competent second cornerback. They need to find something more than a competent second corner. They need to find a legit second corner. And if they can do that, you know, that's a good start for building this uh, defensive secondary. Yeah, I think it speaks volumes that he went out and acquired all the names that he acquired throughout the season. You see, you know, that's more, of a, that's more of a quantity over quality. It's a me. it's a quantity thing, but I think it speaks to he'll address the top, you know, like he'll try and address likely, in my opinion, he'll try and address cornerback in the draft higher than other positions. But he. Clearly, I think it speaks to I don't think he's going to go day three and draft cornerbacks. Like, I think he's got guys that he likes and that he thinks can maybe they can take as not a homegrown talent, but pretty much because some of these guys were only first year, second year guys in the first place and turn them into something on this roster. It is a quantity thing, but it speaks volumes of the fact that he did it before the end of the season. They weren't free agents. They weren't let go. They're not on futures contracts. He actually traded draft capital or put got them thrown into some deals. Tay Gowan, he came over in the Zach Ertz deal. Um, who else is Josiah Scott? He straight up traded a seventh rounder, I think, for <laughs> Josiah Scott, a sixth or seventh rounder. So he clearly sees something in guys like Kerry Vincent. Like, he clearly sees potentially something in some of these guys, and I feel like if he's going to address it, there was already the report that came out that they don't plan to be competitive from a financial perspective at the cornerback position, so it doesn't look like Steven Nelson will be back. He probably earned his buck that he enough that he's going to be going elsewhere to be a team CB2, and it doesn't look like they're going to go through free agency to do it. It sounds like they like Darius Sight. It sounds like they, lo- they obviously love Avante Maddox. They gave him the new contract midseason. It sounds like they like some of the the, the talent that's behind them, like uh, Andre Chichere, Josiah Scott, Tay Gowan, like I said. Um, and it just feels so much like he might try and go big on day one or day two with the cornerback, but that's it. Like, I don't think it's a position that's really going to be looked at as big of a need as maybe people think it will be. But if he hits on day one with the cornerback, you know that's a CB2. Automatic, lock and loaded, you know that that guy's going in to be the the CB2, whether it be Sauce Gardner, like you said. Although a report just came through on my phone saying Sauce Gardner had an incredible combine and he's shooting up draft boards likely to be the CB1, which he was already being debated as such. Now it looks like he might run away with it. But 
like you know that that's going to be locked and loaded here CB2 almost guaranteed and it doesn't look like they're going to do anything in free agency at the position so it's kind of weird because you know I love Darius Slay and I love Avante Maddox but Darius Slay's getting older Avante Maddox is clearly the nickelback and we've established that finally they decide to move him off of the outside and put him where he belongs in the nickel and so we need a CB2 that's going to be able to become a CB1 and it's not like we have five years with Darius Slay here like, I'm, I'm thinking we got two or three more years. So, I mean, it can't be a position that's completely avoided. And these guys that we acquired got let go for the price they got let go for a reason. Like the Tay Gowans, the Kerry Vincents, and the Josiah Scotts of the world. So, I think it's something that maybe this year might be somewhat neglected by Howie. But it's something that really needs to be looked at over the next couple seasons. Yeah, definitely. And if they can get a Sauce Garner who had... Didn't give up a touchdown his entire collegiate career, or Derek Stingley, or McDuffie. Like, there's a bunch of guys that would be awesome uh, to have. And I hope, again, I have a feeling if they're going to trade up into the top 10, and it could be for a corner if, if they drop. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But that, that's my feeling right now. And they definitely need to, to improve that CB2 for now, which will also improve CB1 for the future, or potentially improve CB1 for the future because the CB2 guy will be CB1 when Darius Slay goes and retire. Absolutely. Let's move to safety. They have like two guys under contract, I think, Marcus Epps and um, Kevon Wallace, Wallace. who we we both have high hopes for, um, but hasn't really been able to do much, hasn't been able to stay on the field, hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, Anthony Harris, I don't think, is coming back. Rodney McLeod, I actually think, will come back on a one-year deal. Uh, for a low low price because you cannot go into next year with two brand new safeties. It just can't happen. You're not going to be able to go and get the honey badger, for instance. Um, I think he goes back to Kansas city, but like you won't, cause he's going to command a lot of money. Um, and in this draft, Kyle Hamilton is clear or is the clear favorite, the clear best safety in this draft. He's going to go top five, top 10 at worst. Um, second safety is between Jaquan Brisker from Penn State and Petrie from the, the from Baylor. I think 19 is a little high for both of them. So if if the Eagles wanted to take a safety in the first round, there's potential of trade back from 19, 15, 16, or 19, and then that top, and then you know take them at the back end of the first round. Again, that's they're going to have to bring in guys, quality guys too. Um, you're not going to be able to get Hamilton most likely. You could probably get Brisker or Petrie in in in, in the uh, back. In, you could get them in the first round. I would prefer them towards the back end of the first round, but but we'll see. Um, and again, free agency. I don't. Again, besides the Honey Badger, uh, Justin Reed is another guy who the Eagles are being linked to. I think would be a really good signing. Um, there's I, Marcus I, Williams. There's Marcus, Marcus Williams is going to Marcus Williams is going to command a lot of money, and I don't know if mm-hmm. the Eagles are going to want to put all that out there. Justin Reed, I think would fit that, you know, you're not, he's not going to command a lot. He'll command more than say, you know, more than a Rodney McLeod, but he won't command a, a, as much as, um, you know, a Marcus Williams or a honey badger. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles made a run at Justin Reed and, you know, a week and a half. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the names that, that Ed Crass had said had linked to them. It was uh, Harold Landry, Justin Reed, and Juju Smith-Schuster were names he was hearing about linked to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so, yeah, Justin Reed seems like someone who's definitely on the radar. 
Um, it's I think this is like so it's two positions I think are best addressed in free agency. And I understand, like you said, Marcus Williams and Marcus May are going to command a fair amount of money. Uh, Marcus May had a down season. So, I mean, look back at prior seasons. His past season was terrible. The Jets were terrible. It was a really bad season. But if you look at the three years before that, he was a really good safety, a very strong safety. Um, So it's another name to keep an eye on. Um, But if there were two positions, I'd say best addressed in free agency, safety, wide receiver, two. And we talked about wide receiver two in the offensive depth chart breakdown episode there a couple weeks ago. Um, I think those are the two biggest ones where you got to, if you want to put some financial capital into it, I think those are two of the positions you really have to consider that. Because like you said, there is a Kyle Hamilton. But then after that, the gap between top safety and the second, third, fourth tier of safeties in this draft are almost like a round of draft capital. Like you said, you could see a Jaquan Brisk or you could see some of these guys go in the first round, but we don't want to see them go when Philly is projected to draft right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you trade back and you're at the back end of the first round and Jaquan Brisk is sitting there, okay, cool. Why not pull the trigger on it? But I think this hurts a lot because there was the expectation that Kevon Wallace would develop so much more than he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, injuries have played of have been a huge factor in Kevon Wallace and just an inability and inconsistency with his game to to get it at the NFL level. And it, that's a shame. And I love Marcus Epps, but I mean, I, I in a cover two all defense where you have to trust him to cover 50 percent of a field. I just don't know if I trust him to cover 50 percent of the back end. For me personally, I think he's more of a rotational guy. I think he's a guy who can play 50% of snaps, who can really support, but he's not a guy you want in on every single snap. And I mean, like I, I said in an earlier in an earlier um, breakdown, uh, right, written piece breaking down the free agents for the Eagles, I wouldn't be surprised if Rodney McLeod comes back on a team-friendly discount, and I would be okay with that as long as he's not one of your starting safeties. He'll That's your third, three, four guy, you know, you could put him in there in a pinch. Him and Epps can probably each play 50 percent, 60, 40 split, you know, some type of split as a second safety. But I mean, a primary safety that you can really trust in cover one and cover two situations to cover that back end is important, like vitally so important. What they did started doing towards the end of last year, he didn't start or he, he would start and then he didn't really play like the full 100 percent. He would probably be down to 60, 70%. But if you sign and say a Justin Reed, you can pair, pair Justin Reed with Ronnie McLeod. And then like you just said, have Mar- Marcus Epps or Kevon Wallace, probably Epps, because he might be more trustworthy right now to be that guy that comes on the field. You know, you, you take out Ronnie McLeod, you put Epps on the field. They can uh, mix a match there where Justin Reed will be on the field all the time. He will be your starting legit guy that will you know, handle the back end um, of the secondary. But I, I, if you're bringing McLeod back, he's going to be a starter. I'm not saying he's going to be a hundred percent snap type mm-hmm. of starter, Definitely. but he's going to be a starter where he's like 60, 70% of the snaps. He'll be on the field. And I think one major thing that I want to point out is I'm not against the prospect of getting some ball hawks, some aggressive guys who go for that ball, who see the play and see the ball. Because our uh, eighth worst turnover percentage 
and the you know the continue year over year being in like the bottom half of the league the bottom third of the league in this category is getting really old we did have some oh, intercep- we did have a fair amount of interceptions i think a lot falls on so we had 16 forced turnovers four of them were fumbles 12 of them were interceptions we had some interceptions let's not sit there and say some of them weren't opportunistic a la rodney mcleod like, let's not act like, they're, yes, they're good, but it's not, uh, some of them weren't just a skill thing. These guys aren't, a lot of these guys aren't ball hawks. They're very conservative guys. They play really good defense. They play tight on their man. They're smart. They're high IQ football players. But I'm not against the prospect of getting some ball hawks in there and getting some guys who go for the ball. And, and the only issue with that is turnovers. The only issue with that is they're going to cost money, and I don't know if Howie's going to want to dish it out for the safety position. No, definitely. I mean, that this could be through the draft, too. Like, a guy who may not necessarily be, you know... It was almost like Rasul Douglas a few years back. And I know you hate when I bring up Rasul Douglas. Um, but, I mean, he was just a physical guy who didn't get the opportunity to use those first five yards to be really hands-on and stuff. And look what he did in Green Bay. He earned his check. He's going to probably get paid a decent amount that LJ Harrell is going to sit there and be like, you're going to regret paying that. Similar to Jalen Mills, similar to Nelson Aguilar of last mm-hmm. season. But at the end of the day, he earned his buck because he was able to do what he does best. And that is use those first five yards, play physical, go after the ball. Of course, sometimes you're going to get penalties in those circumstances. But I'd rather periodically have the penalty and know that you're getting the interceptions and you got a guy who's aggressive and going for the football sometimes. We got Darius Say. He's super smart. We got Avante Maddox. He's very smart. We got some guys who are very smart, high football IQ guys who 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 play their man who who kind of who play to make sure that life is is miserable for the person that they're defending but turnovers need to start becoming a thing a focus of this defense because and like the fumbles four fumbles well i mean that comes to the edges and they're usually going after the quarterback and they're not getting the opportunity to necessarily go after the ball or the tackles aren't going after the football. There needs to be a focus brought to going after the football and being more aggressive in in wanting that football as badly as you also would want the tackle. It's more it's not all about making the run stop if you can force the turnovers as well. And, I mean, maybe that's hyper aggressive of me, that. but. I'm still putting the blame on Gannon for that, like just the type of defense that he played. It mm-hmm. just didn't allow for that. So that it's, it's again, all about reaction I'm, in that defense and it's a reactions. Usually get the stop, not get, not force a turnover. So I do get what you're saying there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still of the, the, the ilk, like I would still bring in a Zimmer, a Fangio who I know is like the, to be a consultant. So I'm not, so that if, if Gannon leaves next year, and and Zimmer or Fangio, whoever we bring in, do exactly what the, the the Steelers did with Brian Flores. They brought him in to be the to to be the assistant head coach, linebackers coach. You can bring in another guy to 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 be a, a sounding board for Gannon, also to learn this personnel. So if Gannon were to leave next year, boom, you have somebody on staff that if they don't get a head coaching job, put them right in at defensive coordinator. They already know what they have. And they can prepare or fit their defense to to the players that they have. That's what I w- am still a proponent of. Now these guys are Zimmer still available, Fangio still available. There's these guys that are still out there. Maybe it could still happen, but it's something that I think would be smart for this coaching staff, this young coaching staff. This will be their second year together. 
but bring somebody in that has um, head coaching experience that could still help out Sirianni like with the head coaching stuff if he needs it like if he asks questions again a sounding board and also help out Jonathan Gannon with different schemes and different blitzes and different type of things to do on the defensive side of the football. Agreed. I would hope that that you know just because you had some interviews and you're you're one of, you're going to be one of the top candidates over the next couple of years for head coaching jobs and hopefully you can set your ego aside enough to to take advice from those guys like you said Vic Fangio and have them come in and support you and help you out and make you better and make you a stronger candidate and make you the team that you're coaching and the defense that you're leading be stronger as well. So I would hope that nothing of ego comes into the picture when talking about this and when addressing this. Yep. So that, that it'll be fun to see, or it'd be interesting to see if that, that happens for, for the Seagulls coaching staff. Um, so as we've discussed, the Seagulls defense has a lot of holes. They need to bring in a lot of personnel, a lot of quality personnel. Free agency opens up in a week and a half. The drafts in a month and a half. A lot of opportunities for the Eagles with the salary cap, with the, or with, you know, with the, with the uh, cap space that they have, or with the draft assets that they have to improve the defense. And like you said, if they don't go out and they don't improve the defense, they don't bring in a couple guys, like Howie's going to have a lot of explaining to do. Absolutely. It's a massive offseason. Even if he, he chooses the route of self-preservation for the next couple years, you can't come out with three firsts and what will likely end up being about $30 million of cap space and not significantly improve this team and address some major needs it doesn't matter if you're self-preserving and you only end up using one of those first rounders that deal that you make better be a damn good deal and not just kicking the can down to 2023 yep exactly so hopefully 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 the eagles do right by the fan base and bring in some guys that are going to be playmakers right away do right by the guys playing on the field too. Don't yeah, screw, that's a, screw the fan base being the the focal point and the focus of this. There are some guys who are there who have helped you for years, who have restructured their contracts and put themselves. Obviously, restructures equal more guarantees. So I get it. At the end of the day, they're gonna get their due come the end. But these guys have been with you from the beginning. That homegrown talent. Do right by Brandon Graham. Kelsey, if he decides to come back again, which your rumor is he will, um, Lane Johnson, do right by these guys. Address it. You got into the playoffs. This team is not rebuilding. This is retooling, and you have to do right by those players and make some things happen over these next couple seasons. Yep. Can't wait. Uh, the best time of year is here. Dra uh, free agency and draft time, and, and then we can finally talk about what this roster looks like. All right. Any final departing words, Connor, before we uh, finish off here? No, man, I, I think I think we're good. Um, I know we're not a political show, but I mean, my prayers are with everyone in Ukraine and everything Agreed. going on over there. That is some crazy stuff going on. So whenever you think about talking about democracy in any type of form, uh, make sure you speak of it very positively. We we in the U.S. and Canada are lucky to have multiple parties, democratic elections, and Even if they're fair, all the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and fair due process. Yes. And that we need to very much respect because we could be equally living the horrors of Ukraine um, any day of our lives. 
Yes. So we are very lucky. Nice words. words. I agree with you there. Um, So as always, follow our partners over at the Fight Philly Fight Network at at FPF Network on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. And follow me on Twitter at LJHorrell. 54, um, our next episode, we were going to probably hit into the uh, free agency pool because we will be a mere, you know, days away from free yeah, agency. Yeah, definitely. It, we, we will do one next weekend, and we probably will do one the next weekend because these are going to be two really big weeks. There's going to be so much news, so much rumors to talk about, and hopefully so much like legitimate signings, like actual physical, tangible things that we can talk about. So I, I swear, on, I think because I think it's the 16th that is the – opening a free agency if the eagles don't sign anybody within that first day or two i'm gonna be really mad <laughs> i almost re- i almost really hope that there's some things in that that happen basically are confirmed during the uh during the period the tampering period i'd rather have that that's true give us that monday i think the 14th is when you can officially start talking to people and that would be nice mm-hmm. to be like the eagles are talking to this guy and you know, when free agency opens, they're going to sign this. That would be great. Uh, give us some. I want to be able to light that Twitter feed up. Yes. Like, I, I, like I've been doing that, but I want to be able to light that thing up like five, six times a day with this stuff. I 100% agree with you. Uh, yeah. Can't wait. Um, we'll, so we'll be back next week. Get you our, our free agency uh, show underway and maybe get some names who, I mean, I know we mentioned a couple of names today, but we'll, we'll definitely dive into it. This week, and as we get into to our next episode, we're, we're going to put maybe a list of guys together that, look, the Eagles better talk to this guy, um, and we'll see if, if we can be right. So for Connor, I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour.